Welcome to the Storyteller series, author interviews, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host, Megs, and today I'll be speaking to M. Elizabeth Ticknor and Rebecca E. Treasure, the authors of White Sails and Stormy Seas, our print edition for January 2022. This story is a reprint from a memorial anthology that was originally published in Hold Your Fire, Word Fire Press, 2021. Liz and Becky are two friends who met through Writers of the Future, a writing contest that Liz has since won, along with the Bain Fantasy Adventure Award in 2021, two of the biggest short fiction contests on the planet. Becky is going to be a published finalist in the next Writers of the Future anthology, and she was also nominated for her story, The Wizard, The Watcher and The Waif, a story published by Storytellers in January 2021, on the Critters Readers Poll. For more information on the Storyteller series, please visit nightshiftradio.com. Hi, Liz and Becky, thank you so much for speaking with me today. How are you guys doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Amazing. I'm I'm I am fantastic. I am fantastic. So it is a lovely Sunday evening that we are chatting well late afternoon early evening for you guys um yeah I hope you guys have had a great day and like I said it's it's amazing to be able to speak to you guys so thank you so much I uh, I really appreciate you giving us your time no problem I'm excited to be here yeah no I'm excited too I'm so excited uh we'll kick it off with um just tell us a bit about yourselves as people and then just as writers as well that'd be amazing so if we just start with Becky Becky just Give us the lowdown. Do you know what I mean? Tell us about you. Who is who is Becky? What makes Becky Low tick? Down. Becky ticks by eating cheese-covered starch and drinking mm-hmm. warm beer in the evenings. Amazing. That's, that's what makes Becky tick. Um, I, I don't know. I have a bachelor's degree in history <laughs> and a master's degree in global affairs. And so my interests are really like, I like to think about how people fit together and how systems of people fit together, um, both in the past and today. And I like to draw the thread from then to now. I think that's really interesting. Um, As far as being a writer goes, I started writing fiction in January of 2017. Um, While I was writing my first novel, I realized that I didn't know what I was doing. So I started doing research into short fiction because I like in my head, I was like, short stories will be easier. They're not. (laughs) But through that, I found Writers of the Future, which is how I met Liz. And I've been subbing to Writers of the Future ever since, (laughs) Um, slowly growing my writing community and my craft in the five years that I've been doing this. Um, And yeah, things are going pretty well on that front. So amazing you know to be fair sometimes we all just need lots of cheese and lots of not even just beer alcohol you know it, like <laughs> yeah. it takes us through it gets, it gets us going so I can I completely relate to that and then yeah Liz, tell us a bit about yourself how how did you get into writing who you are as a person okay so I got into writing because I always liked storytelling but honestly what got me into writing was fan fiction um, I wrote about 150,000 words of really bad fan fiction when I was 16 <laughs> and all oh, 15 through eight, really. But um, I, I got into more original writing in college. And then I sent one short story that I'd written a creating and writing class one place. And I got a rejection. 
and then I didn't write anything solid for 10 years. <laughs> but um, eventually I realized, you don't know, no, I really like writing. I want to get back into it. And I had had very bad luck trying to do novels. So I also thought short stories would be easier, as you do when you don't know any better. <laughs> and um, I, I kind of came about it in that regard, similar to Becky. Um, I, I found the Writers of the Future Forum pretty early on when I was trying to write short stories because it seemed like a good um, venue. And um, I met a lot of people there. I did a lot of critique trades. And I've just been, I think it's been about six years, close to seven years now, that um, I've been writing shorts. And I'm working toward a novel, but I'm, I'm not as awesome as Becky in that I haven't finished one yet. <laughs> but we'll get there. Um, everybody, everybody takes things at their own pace, and everybody is awesome as anyone, no matter what they've done or what they haven't done. A hundred percent. pretty awesome. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, She's pretty amazing. As far as other yeah. life stuff goes, I, I have an associate's degree in psychology, which isn't really worth much in the psychology field, but it taught me a lot about characters, which is what I was going for, and. Um, and it's gotten me some jobs. I've, I've got about a decade in retail under my belt, and I'm not doing that ever again, <laughs> if I can help it. But Nope. <laughs> I 100% agree. I, um, not unless yeah, I'm forced exactly. To. No, I agree. I did, um, when I was, you know, when I was a teenager, I worked in retail, so I completely understand. You will, I will have to be desperate to go back to retail, that's yep. for sure. 100%. It is, uh, yep. it's, it's a tough slog. So, um, just tell us, so you guys both met through Writers of the Future. Just tell us a bit more about Writers of the Future. Is it something that you would recommend for uh, budding budding writers or even, well, established writers to just, you know, just tell us more about, about it and, you know, sell it to everybody, you know, see what's <laughs> going on. Okay, so um, Writers of the Future. Um, so Writers of the Future is a... No, no it's okay, you go Oh, ahead. go ahead, Liz. There's just enough there of a delay go. that I didn't realize I was talking. No, over. you hang up the phone. No, you. <laughs> I think that you have a tiny Probably. bit of a delay. Um, it's okay. okay. All right, Liz, so, go. Yes. Tell us. Um, so Writers of the Future is a contest for writers who are new to writing. Um, I believe to, in order to qualify to enter, you have to have sold less than four short stories um, at a professional rate, or you have to have not sold a novel to a professional marketing place. There's a little bit more to it than that, but essentially if you're new to writing, you're mm -hmm. eligible to enter. Um, new is a little bit variable in that there are lots of markets that are not pro pay that you could sell stories to and still get into writers of the future. But it, it generally speaking, it's geared toward people who haven't broken in in a big way yet, but are trying for it. Um, mm -hmm. The contest is, it's, it's getting more popular every quarter. Um, it's been active for a long time. It's been around for decades. And um, the forum is generally a really solid place to go for some basic writing information and to make connections and do critique trades. I definitely like that aspect of it. You can network with a bunch of friendly people and um, figure things out about how to get feedback on your writing. Becky, go. Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah, it sounds like a really amazing tool. Exactly. And then, so it's something that definitely, if you are 
a newer writer or an up and coming. We even, you know, we use the word up and coming in however you, you want to take that word, you know, um, it's definitely something that you guys recommend for for new writers to, to de- at least look at and see if it's something that is great. And then the fact that you two have met each other because of that, amazing, you know, and then you've done something as amazing as co-writing a piece together. That's That's like, that's crazy. That's insane in a good way. <laughs> Yeah, I've met most of my good writing friends through Writers of the Future. And it's because it's a quarterly contest. One of the benefits of that, one of, I think it's one of the hard things for new writers to learn to do is to finish. And just sending the, hitting that submit button can be really challenging. Um, and so I think that Writers of the Future is one approach to learning how to write because it forces you to finish a story every three months and it encourages you to submit it. And so just getting over those little humps and learning to produce and submit regularly can be really, really helpful for a new writer. And the community oh, that's is amazing. Great. It's so good. It's so good that, you know, I'm, you know, as a creative person or just, you know, in, in any aspect to have such a strong community is something that is such important to being a creative because being a creative person and even if it's, you know, a hobby or something that you want to do more full time or things like that, it's something that you need a community of people because, being a creative can be so lonely, you know, and it's it's amazing to be able to have those people that you can talk to and be like, oh, man, I'm feeling X, Y, Z right now. And they can be like, yeah, I'm feeling that right. too. You know, it's, uh, it, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's really amazing. Um, so that leads on to a question that I would like to get from you guys, the answer to, obviously. <laughs> I would like to get the question from you guys and, you know, that's it. Um, was there a piece of advice that was given to you or has been given to you that you wished you had learned sooner whether it's through writers of the future through you know anyone else like at any point but is there any advice that you could give to other people that was given to you and you go oh darn I wish I'd known that sooner that might and it's helped you as a writer um for me honestly I think it's for me it's the code is just guidelines I, I will absolutely quote Tim Barbos on that one. Because like when you're first starting out, you hear all these things that you have to do it this way and this way and this way. Like you need to outline, you should never write uh, first person present tense. Some people say that, you know, like everyone has their own rules for themselves and that's fine until you find out that those rules don't work for you. And I was, always trying to find the rules that were the right ones. And the thing is, it's different rules for every story. And especially when you're writing short stories, that means you need to be willing to try new things and to experiment and to be okay with failing because failure is really just deferred success. And if you keep trying, you'll get there eventually. So that's mine. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's... um... That's honestly, that's very similar to what Mike said as well. Mike was being like, they're guidelines, you know, stick with, you know, be aware. And, you know, for two, two, two different, two different authors and two different writers to say that it's something that I guess must be very prevalent within the writing community that people are like, well, these are the rules, you must stick to them, but they're guidelines, you know, and that's, yeah, no, I think, I think that's amazing that it's something to put out there to just let everyone know, like, hey, Stick to them if you have to, but do what you want. It's it's called being a creative person for a reason. You know, you you got you've got the created creative aspect of life. One day I will write a story that's second person future tense. I will make it happen, whether it sells or not. Is another thing. 
<laughs> do it. Yes, <laughs> and, and I, I will read, read it. it. <laughs> and I will enjoy <laughs> it. I cannot we wait. We will have an amazing time. Um, so I looked at that question and I was like, because I'm kind of like a writing advice dragon. Like I collect it and then I like sit on it and sift through it and like drool on it. But a lot of the advice that you get as a beginner, like I remember listening to writing excuses when I had been writing for like two months and half of the things coming out of their mouth didn't make any sense to me at all. And I think that something that's maybe that I wish I'd understood, that's not like a piece of advice, but that like things are going to click for you when you need them to click and things are going to make sense for you as you grow your craft. And as you understand more about it, something that you learned, like as a baby writer, you're going to look back at it and be like, oh, but also this aspect of it. And that like, it's not like an A to Z journey. It's, you know, it's, you go over here and then you go back and then you go down and then you go, oh, wait, no. And then you wander over here. And it's not this linear path of like bad writer to good writer or beginning writer to professional. It's messy and it's individual and it's personal. And I think that not trying to mimic somebody else's path or process is something that would, I wish I'd understand that like, there's no way to copycat somebody else and get the same results they did. I had to figure mm -hmm. out my way. Yeah, no, I totally get that. So what I do for a living is I, I'm a live streamer for a job. That's why, you know, obviously listeners won't be able to see this, but I'm out here, I've got this like DSLR camera, all these lights behind me, all these things going on. And it's, it's something that's very similar. It's, you can't, it, it's very easy to look at someone's success and think, okay, they got there by doing this. Let me try it. And it's, it's it, right. like, obviously like nine and a half times out of 10, it's not going to work. You're just going to end up wanting to smack your head against your like desk or your keyboard more than ever. So that, yeah, that's an amazing piece of advice. A hundred percent. Yeah. You'll, you'll find your own path, which I think is, is, is great. Um, right. Yeah, no, that's that's brilliant advice, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And I'm sure that listeners will also appreciate that a lot. So we will move on to something as unique as co-authoring a piece. That is something that I imagine has its own challenges, but also has its own, like, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, you'll, you'll, you will really enjoy the success of when things click and when things make sense. So what was it like co-writing a piece? And does the, was did someone have specific duties? Was one in charge of narration, one in charge of dialogue? You know, what, what, what was your process of writing? Um, you know, throw it into the world. Let us know. Or unless it's like a, a secret, we'll all keep it hush-hush. No nobody, um, nobody's allowed to know. <laughs> Essentially, the way we started <laughs> is Becky's very much a pantser. And I'm kind of a planter. I kind of do both depending. Yes, there's nothing wrong with pants. I like pants. <laughs> um, so but like, much pants. I'm much more likely to pants with a short story than with a with a novel, I've noticed, because <laughs> the bigger a story is, the harder I have a hard a time holding it in my head. Um, so with a novel, I need like an outline. But for this, what we did is we took a few notes ahead of time for what we wanted the story to be about and um, what our characters were going to be and what the main goal was that we were driving toward. And then we took turns writing scenes and we just kind of would write till we hit a point where we were like, it was either, well, this is a good cliffhanger for the other person or um, this is where I'm not sure what happens next. 
I'm going to give it to the other person and see what they do. So that was how we did the first draft. And then Becky can tell you how we did the editing. Um, so yeah, we just wrote the first draft and like taking turns like that. And then we, for the editing, once we had a full manuscript, we went back and just made comments, but didn't make, we, we kept track changes on essentially and didn't make any changes. And I think, I, I don't even remember who went first. Somebody went first and then the other person would went, went in and then either accepted or rejected. And any place that we would have rejected, we just talked about it separately and was like, why do you like that? Why don't you? And we just kind of went through it in a very similar way as the drafting, really. Like we edited it in turns until we were both happy with what was on the page. And you said that you expected that co-authoring had challenges. And I going into it, I expected it to be more fraught than it was, but maybe it's just Liz and I work really well together, which we do, but there was almost no challenge to it. It was much less painful than <laughs> writing a short story by myself because anytime it got hard, I just handed yeah. it to Liz and was like, please. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, no, it's your turn. I'm done. Um, and so in a lot of ways it was easier than drafting by myself. And so I really enjoyed co-authoring with Liz. Well, that makes me so happy that you guys had, had such a good time doing it you know obviously you would still face like you said if you like hit a wall instead of just being instead of just walking away and having to find it in your own brain like oh what's going on now you could you you had another right. you had a whole nother brain that you could be like hey right help like, what's it. going on <laughs> yeah no I love that so much I love that right. so much yeah definitely yeah. definitely it sounds like it's something that um you know, if you know you work well with someone as well, that's amazing. And 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 you both seem like you you know you're both very aware of each other, and you're in a good way, and you're aware of like how the other person works. And I love that. I love that so much. That makes me like you go. Like, I don't know. It just makes me so happy to be able to hear two people work together so well. Someday we'll write a book together, and it'll be awesome. Oh, do it! Oh, yes. We need so one we day, need a universe yeah, that neither of us is possessive of. Yeah, before we wrote together, we had been friends and critiquing each other for like two or three years. So. Oh, wow. So you were very aware of each other's writing styles and you knew. Yeah, what before worked. we went. I love that. Yeah. So is there like a point where you sat down then and you were like, hey, let's write something together? It was Liz's idea. There was this, um, we'd, we'd gone to Superstars together, Superstars 2020. And then after Superstars, they had this charity anthology that we were doing and we'd gotten in on scholarships. So we wanted to contribute something to the charity anthology, whether they took it or not, we wanted to write for it. And neither of us had an idea for the prompt on our own. <laughs> so we said, let's just yell at each other till we figure it out. And then we wrote it together. That's amazing. So that, you know, I mean, that also brings me on to like, what was the inspiration behind what's the, what, hello, I can't speak English at this point. White sails and stormy seas, if at all. But if there was a prompt and you just kind of just yelled at each other, you know, how did you get to that point? Of writing yeah it was just the anthology theme i think i don't remember i think that we did the thing that dave farland suggested where you write out 10 ideas and then like get rid of the first few and then see what the other ideas are and like because it forces you to dig deeper into your subconscious and i think we just kind of picked one and ran with it as far as i remember is that right liz um i think the way we did it was i i in the class he taught he we went to a class that he taught on short stories at superstars and he had 
I kind of made a plan for how to make short stories based on his lecture. And I have a hard time using that on my own because I get bored. <laughs> but when I'm working with someone else, it provides a really good structure. And you can say, okay, these are the things we need before we start the story to figure out where the story is going. And I, and I think what we did is it has the character, the setting, the problem, and then a surprise for the reader. And so we figured those out. And then um, it had a spot to ask 10 questions. And I think we kind of set it up so we could each ask up the 10 questions because there was both of us. And then we kind of took the best mm -hmm. ideas from those um, based on what the problem was at the start. Mm -hmm. And then we picked the ones we liked the best just in general. And then from there on in, we pantsed it. We didn't write a, a detailed outline. We just said, these are the problems we want to have come up in the story. This is what we want the ending to be. Let's go. And um, it was a lot of fun to write it because Becky wrote, I think, I know we wrote it in sections and Becky wrote the first one and I wrote the second one, but I couldn't tell you exactly where anything started or stopped at this point because mm -hmm. we, in the course of editing- I can't we, tell whose words are whose. Yeah, we, we went through like two or three times, I think, for editing. And that was before um, mm -hmm. we talked with Lisa Mangum. So um, by the time we were done, we kind of, I've lost it. <laughs> um, we, we, we kind of um, had done so much smoothing of each other's things. And Becky had put in some internals that mm -hmm. I was having trouble with. And I had put in some scripts that she was having trouble with. And it just flowed so well at the end that we couldn't tell who'd written what. And so that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. No, a hundred percent reading it as a piece that if, if you had just put, you know, if you had just put it in front of me and said, read this, I would never have guessed that it was, you know, written by two different authors because it all just flows so right. well and it all works so well, you know, and, and I, th I think that's something that is really important um, as a reader. You know, I, I, Personally, I'm not a writer. I do love reading and I love, you know, it's why I work on storytellers. I love, I love the full um, audio production, but I also do love the print edition. When, when speaking to um, the guys at um, Night Shift Radio and things like that to come on board to storytellers, you know, Mike, Mike brought up, oh, well, we've got the print edition. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, no, that's really cool. And I really love that. So so when, um, you know, when when your guys' piece was brought to me and Mike was like, we're doing this, I was like, that's amazing. And going into it, I almost I almost expected kind of very obvious points where it was handed off right. to different, you know, different writers and things like that. But it just it just flows so well. And just hearing you guys talk about it as well. It's like job well done. <laughs> very well done. You've, you've done, oh, good. You've done. You've done it. You hit the nail on the head, which is amazing. Yeah, no, which which I absolutely love it. Um, going on to another question. Is there a point that you can remember writing and going, I am enjoying writing this, whether it's, you know, it doesn't matter what emotion you were conveying. You were like, I am I am really into writing this. Is there a point within it that you can recall that you, you know, sometimes sometimes when you have a moment, I, ref I like to think of it as you guys have kids. If you guys, I'm assuming you've watched Inside Out the 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 disney movie mm -hmm. you create a core memory and that's kind of like you know sometimes you like look back at things and you've got that core memory of writing and things like that is was there a moment at all with that for either of you two um for me it wasn't so much one specific one is whenever um i got what becky had written for the first draft i'd be like "Ooh, what do i do now and then whenever i sent it to her what i'd written i was like what's she gonna do next <laughs> 
So the adventure of it all, and, the, and it was, mm-hmm. I, I like um, tabletop role-playing games for the collaboration. So it felt like right. doing that, but with a story. And that was a lot of fun because I hadn't had that particular experience before when I was writing. Yeah. So I was going into it. Like I said, I was a little bit skeptical because even though Liz and I were friends and had been swapping crits for ages, I'd never co-written a story before. And because of my process is so like, I, I just kind of make things up like literally one word at a time. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. I didn't know how co-writing was going to do. And so I wrote the first scene and then I sent it back to Liz And then she sent me the notes back and I kind of opened it like, oh, what's this going to be like? And I was like, oh, no, this is great. Oh, no, this is going to work. This is and I got I remember that moment being like, no, we're going to write a really good story together. And I was super excited about how smooth the process was going to be and how much we complemented each other as storytellers. And so that was my favorite part was just realizing that, like, no, this is going to be awesome. Uh, no, that's 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 kind of exactly the answers that I wanted. Thank you. <laughs> like, because there was the, there's the fear when you ask a question like that of like, what are they going to say? But I just I am just so glad that you guys just had so much fun writing. Because I think I think that's just so important. That's another thing that I think is so important when writing is that you can you need to remember that it's fun mm-hmm. and you enjoy it. You know, right? No matter what level you're you're actually working on on writing or things like that you just need to remember it's fun you enjoy this and I'm I'm I again I'm so glad that you guys had so much fun and it just seems like you guys are just you know you complement each other so well just as people and as writers and I and I love that I love that so much um so Liz you you mentioned about tabletop um tabletop games and things like that what kind of hobbies do you have what Give give me the give me the lowdown on your hobbies. What do you like to do outside of, you know, living? You know the things the things that make you tick. The things that are really good fun for you. What do you enjoy? Okay, so I have a lot less time for that now that I have twin three year olds because I have twin three year olds and they are. I can imagine. Yeah, are, that, are takes, that takes a lot of time. So, <laughs> writing is kind of my hobby right now, but other things I love to do, and I still make time for some of them. I don't have time for all of them but I will get back to them. <laughs> um, I really like uh, drawing. Um, I'm going to be illustrating an anthology here very soon. I've, I've got the, um, the list for what I need to do. I just need to get the time. And I'm making that time starting like the day after tomorrow, starting in February. Um, and then I really enjoy tabletop role-playing games. I, If you ask me which system, I tell you Chronicles of Darkness, which is a dark, fantasy horror kind of setting. It's more horror than dark fantasy, but I use it to run dark fantasy games. <laughs> um, but I've played a ton of Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Pathfinder, Starfinder is something I haven't started yet, but we're going to be trying soon. Um, I really like lots of different options as far as which kind of game you play. And um, I will try pretty much anything. I've played superhero games. I've played sci-fi before. I've run sci-fi before. Uh, my playgroups that are my usual playgroups like fantasy more, which is why I've played more Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder. But um, I really, I'm, my personal favorite to run is still the uh, that are fantasy games. And then um, because of that, I also discovered I like playing, uh, not playing, I like to paint tabletop miniatures. Um, I've um, I recently sold a miniature and when I say miniature it was about it was about a foot tall it was a Cthulhu miniature 
and I hand painted it and I sold that one and it sold something like $100. It was, it was wow. It was big. <laughs> the biggest one I have that I haven't painted is a, a, a dragon, a five headed dragon that is the size of a cat. And um, I, I like the really little ones too, like the people and things, but the monsters are my favorite thing to paint. You can go really wild with those. Um, so yeah. yeah, with 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 monsters, there's there's no there's not there's no like reference point. Do you know what I mean? With things that are like humanoids and stuff like that, that to an extent there's a reference point. But monsters, you can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you you want to paint this monster bright blue, one head's orange, another head is purple. Like you do it, it'll be amazing. It's, it's what it's what you it's what you uh, it's what you like to do. Um, so when you're playing these tabletop role playing games, so. My only experiences with Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. um, and I, I played a halfling rogue. Oh, that's fun. Um, and she was called Small Bene, um, to an extent. It was basically she was called Small Bean. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she, the funniest moment was we had a centaur in our party, um, and we also had, um, oh my gosh, who else did we have? I can't even remember. We had, we had a, we basically had a barbarian that was like all like, yo, dude, bro. Um, and he thought mid-fight it would be really funny to throw me at the centaur. But because I was a rogue, I was really, really, I had a really high acrobatic skill. Huh. I backflipped off this back of the centaur and shot this enemy. And it was amazing. Right. So that's my experience with Dungeons and Dragons. And it was only like a really short experience because we all then shortly died. Oh. Um, because my 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 campaign team did dumb things like throwing me at a horse person you know <laughs> like, <As> one does <laughs> you like know, a rational choice does. exactly exactly or you know there's these things where you can hear like snarling monsters the other side and they're like we're gonna open the door and you know, <laughs> our dm would be like are you sure you want to open the door you can hear all this noise and they're like yeah, no, we're going to open the door and we'll just like be ready to go. And then we're like, ah, no, now we're dead. All right, cool. Um, so, so when playing those, do you prefer to play, to play the tabletop games or do you prefer to like run them? Or is there like a mix of, of both that you like to do? I like both because when you're running the game, it's kind of like writing a story, but you want to make sure that you take what the players want into account too. So, um, like, my favorite way to come up with a game idea is to ask the players what they want out of their characters and to maybe have an end goal in mind at the end and then figure out how to get those characters stories worked into my end goal. Um, I think the, my favorite game that I did that with was a, it was a weird Western and it's actually what I'm partially basing my novel on because I, I, I did the game so I could help figure out the setting for the novel. But, um, I ran this game and I had an antagonist that I didn't want them to fight till the end. And the very first game I'd ever run, they headshotted my big bad halfway through the game. So finding the balance for how to get um, the big bad to be there through the whole story, but for them not to want to fight him was really interesting. (laughs) And the way I did that was by looking at what the players wanted and then putting him kind of on the fringes of everything, but and making them suspect him of things, but not being able to prove it. And it was kind of it was a little more of a social game than than um, some Dungeons and Dragons are. Um, so like there were we we would have fights, we'd have big epic battles, but there would also be like two three sessions sometimes 
where it was all talking to people and networking and and figuring out what you wanted to do in your spare time and that might sound boring but it really wasn't because it was things like um the um the newly turned uh vampire whore uh <laughs> um networking with the vampires and them all hating her because she'd been turned by this vampire who was technically in charge but who nobody wanted in charge and he was only in charge because they didn't want anyone else in charge more than they wanted them than they didn't want him in charge so it was it was there was lots of tensions and then that was that was also the game where um if you've ever watched the tv show deadwood i really liked to kind of pace it based on that where you'd have a little while where it was everything was simmering mm -hmm. and all the characters things were getting big and then there'd be this big blowout shootout situation except that it had monsters <laughs> so it would be yeah. okay there's stuff going on that there's there's tension well building. i mean everything's better with monsters oh yes definitely yes um my favorite monster yeah fight was a hundred percent the uh the werewolf that had been possessed by a spirit of murder i i write dark things sometimes <laughs> um and uh <laughs> that's amazing though the, the werewolf murder spirit thing ended up <laughs> they killed the, idea they, too. they killed yeah. the werewolf and then the spirit hopped into one of the npcs and then they had to figure out how to save the npc and they essentially ended up locking oh, the spirit no. inside of the body and then performing an exorcism so it destroyed the spirit inside the person's oh body and it messed them up a little bit but it was a really interesting thing they came up with some really creative solutions yeah no tabletop tabletop role play is honestly it's so fun I, my only experience has been dungeons and dragons and i completely understand the whole session of just socializing and talking because we had an entire session in a tavern where the um, the barkeep went, don't piss off the suit of armor. <laughs> so we then spent an entire session trying to piss off the suit of armor yeah, <laughs> to be like, well, well, what, what do you, well, don't, don't tell us that. Big shiny and then red the, <laughs> Yeah. And then the suit of armor only um, decided to awaken when a group of pirates came in and tried to attack the barkeep. <laughs> And that was it. And then we were like, so we, we'd done this whole session trying to trying to not try to piss off this suit of armor. The next session, these these pirates shows up. And but yeah, so I completely <laughs> understand that. And it sounds like so so much fun. I can you know I can completely imagine the uh, the crossover between tabletop role play and writing as well, which is amazing because you've just got to be so creative, even as a player. You know, the role yeah. play side of things is insane there's a ton of authors that played dnd mm -hmm. um raymond feist was a, his entire universe came from a dnd campaign brandon sanderson and dan wells both played dnd together in college like there is like a lot of overlap between the two communities for sure yeah no 100 percent. i can like i can completely see that happening and like you know referring back to mike he he was exactly the same his his answers were I decided to, I wanted to become a writer. Right, writer? Hello? Writer? <laughs> you wouldn't believe my job is actually speaking, which is crazy. Um, he became a writer because he was DMing D&D &D sessions. Right. So, 
you know. Um, so Becky, what 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 hobbies have you got? What's, what hobbies? I have children. Hobbies or things that are true. <laughs> but what? Okay, what do you do when the children are sleeping? Apart from cleaning and drinking beer and eating cheese, because I imagine in that I, order. With a pu- yes, <laughs> no, no, yeah, exactly in that order. Um, I play a lot of video games. I read. Actually, I don't read as much as I wish I could, but I do listen to a lot of audiobooks, which I guess is reading. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I play video games. I like to watch TV. Um, what games? Yeah, I'm pretty much a writer and a mom. And hmm? yeah, what games? Oh, Liz is shaming me because I play far, far too much Stardew Valley. Yeah, but. I, I kind of get that. <laughs> Far right. Too much. Stardew Valley is something that <laughs> you are. You knew that's what I was going to have to answer. <laughs> no, I get that. Like, my uh, most hours that I have in a game is in Animal Crossing. Right, which is very similar. Exactly. It's yeah. like Animal Crossing, then The Sims. Right. So, like, I get it. Oh, like, man. I completely get it. I'm, um, yeah. I love starting. Yeah. I'm also playing. Mike actually talked me into trying out Mass Effect, so I'm I'm playing mm, through that mm-hmm. for the first time because he would, would not stop talking about. It. He's like, "Oh, it's so good." And we were talking about some of our other games that we both really enjoy, and he. So I'm trying that out too. But like any any story driven game, I will give I will mm. give a solid shot. Yeah. No. It, it's like I don't know. Video the worlds of the world of gaming in any sense, whether it's you know, like Liz loves tabletop mm-hmm. or just like video games or just even like, uh, so I am um, marrying into a family. I'm not quite married yet. I got a dog instead of getting married because <laughs> we, we like, we weighed up the options of a 15,000 pound wedding or a dog that will probably spend like a couple of grand on, including like getting the dog. You the made food, the right choice. Everything else. <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, we also just bought a house as well. Right. So we're just kind of like. Those are good choices. <laughs> Weddings are good overrated. Cho- There's Yeah. Um, but I'm marrying into a family that really love board games, right? And like, and I've never, I've never come from a family like that. My family um, were very much into. Well, my, I grew up. My dad was playing video games mm-hmm. as long as I can remember. I was very fortunate to have a computer in my house where we were playing. You know, I sat on my dad's lap playing MMOs and things like that. So right. I completely understand that getting lost in the world of any kind of game mm-hmm. is such an amazing outlet that. I think that sometimes you just lo- you just lose track of time. You don't know you don't know what you don't you know. Or you like sit and you're like, I'm gonna play X Y Z for an hour, and then you're like, Oh man, it's been an hour already. Right. Um, time flies. Gonna, oh. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. But no, it's amazing. It's amazing. If you guys had to pick, right? This is another question coming out of just for you guys. If you guys had to pick an, your favorite either TV show or movie, what would it be? I hate favorite questions because it's just <gasps> okay. No, 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 top, no, it's fine. One that, it's one that would be like, like the top. It depends three. on my mood and like what I've seen yeah. recently and like how I'm feeling and what I ate mm-hmm. this morning. Like the TV show that has was most formative for me was Star Trek: mm-hmm. The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. I've seen it all the way through at least three times. My husband and I watched it together when we were first together. Like, um. So I guess I'll go with that answer, even though now my brain is like, but what about these You're 16 like- <laughs> other shows that you love? But I'll go with Star Trek because I really do mm-hmm. adore Star Trek. Yeah. No, 100%. Okay, so for TV show, um, 
Liz, what about you? For TV show, yeah. Supernatural is my guilty pleasure because I've seen every episode and many of them multiple times, especially the first five seasons. And I love it. And yeah. some of the writing mm-hmm. is amazing and some of it's really bad and I don't care. <laughs> I, I just, I love the characters. Yeah. and I completely get that. It's, it's, there are lots of other shows that are better that I love or that are, I don't know, funnier or whatever. But that that's the show that if you ask me what my favorite show is, that is my comfort show. And that is the one I will go back to and rewatch with people yes, from yeah. the start. I totally get that. My my comfort movie series is Twilight. Mm-hmm. And like I will I will watch that that movie series like twice a year. And everyone will be like, why are you watching Twilight? And I'm like, I don't know, man. I just want Jacob to ask, where the hell have you been, Loka? And that's all I care about. I just need it. <laughs> I just need it in my life, you know? Yeah, no, totally. So I completely get that. I completely get that with Supernatural. Because it, it feels like it's one of those, it's, it's a TV show that I've never watched. And a lot of people want me to watch it. And I might do one day, maybe. Um, I'm, I'm very, I'm a Grey's Anatomy person. So I've decided to start rewatching Grey's Anatomy for like the third time. So I have no time ever because That's there's 50 seats. There's right. 50 seasons or something stupid. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's sometimes it's like you look at things and you're like, oh, this writing's amazing. And then you you, you watch an episode and you're like, what did I just watch? You okay, know? So if you want to watch Supernatural, here's the primer. The first five mm-hmm. seasons, even when there's rough bits, the first five seasons are really good. And if you stop at the end of season five, it's a complete show because they didn't know they were going to have more seasons. Yep. After that, season six is really rough. And season seven is pretty rough, too. Um, and then after that, they start to get good again. <laughs> and then it kind of goes up and down and up and down. So if you get past, if you get to season five and finish that and really enjoy it, great. If you get you can you cannot watch past that and I will not fault you. I watched every season because <laughs> really? I am done good. a I am a fan of watching Dean Winchester get hurt and then get back up. And so I needed more of that than season <laughs> one through five. That's I think all. you're just a fan of watching Dean Winchester. Yes. Yes. <laughs> me yes, too. Man. She bullied she got me to watch Supernatural during the <laughs> lockdown. And we watched yeah. it together, like on Discord. Yeah, we got and through. So, like, I would like, like type in my six, A's seven. when I got jump scared. I'd be like, ah, yeah. <laughs> we got. I mean, I got through season five, so she doesn't bug me about it no. now. But no. we got to yeah. season six so, or seven, yeah. somewhere in there, and then it was just like partway through. It was just like, well, there. we're not feeling it anymore, and and we'll come back to it later. And we haven't yet. We might, and if not, that's fine. Um, the ending of the show is heart wrenching. Yeah, really fun, but it's really good. But it's heart-wrenching and um what would have to be it's supernatural yeah uh what are the channel name for it is hot men crying (laughs) (laughs) because that's what the show is (laughs) like from from, like the snippets i've seen i completely get that and like even though i have never watched it every time i hear carry on my wayward son like i'm very aware So that is like a supernatural song. And I'm like, I've never watched it. But I'm always like, carry on my wayward son. And I'm just like vibing, just knowing that if I, if there was a supernatural stand in my head, she would be losing her mind. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, 
Thank you so much for chatting with me tonight. It's been amazing. And I hope that you guys had an amazing time. Thank you. Um, it's been really lovely to get to know you guys as people, you know, the thought process that went into co-authoring a piece and things like that. So I really appreciate that. Um, guys, where can listeners find more from you, whether it's a website, if you've got social media that you would like to plug, now's the chance to do it. Okay. Um, Ticknertales.com is my website where you can read some of my stories. And if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Liz Tickner. I am at R underscore E underscore treasure on Twitter. And you can find my website, RebeccaETreasure.com. And then look for my story, Harold's Hook, coming out from Zooscape later this spring. <gasps> so exciting. Well, thank you so much. I love chatting to you guys. Thanks so much, Megs. It was so nice chatting with you. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you.